We need some for the moms and the dads and the kids and everybody else in between. Uh, well, welcome to Avalon Church. Uh, my name is Pastor Arthur. This is my beautiful wife, Jessica. See, she's, she's, she's a crier anyway, but... Um, so the, today's really special. This morning's really special. We're going to have a panel of women from our church, moms from our church, um, that we put together some questions because um, sometimes it's kind of tough to live out this Christian life, uh, both for men and women, but specifically on this day for Mother's Day, we wanted to ask some questions to some of our women, some of our moms that kind of gone through this life and gone through some of these things. And some of us are mothers today. Some of us want to be mothers. And some of us have suffered loss. And some of us have gone through some tough, tough seasons in our, in our lives. And so we want to address all of that as much as we can in our time. But I pray that you would be encouraged. And uh, just for right now, I'm going to go ahead and welcome all the women to the stage. Can you all just give them a round of applause as they come on up? Y'all can come on up here. Amen. Yes, more tissues and more tissues and more tissues. So I'm going to have them introduce themselves. Um, we're going to start with you on the end, Brandy. Is that all right? Yes, you're, you're first. Go ahead. Good morning, Avalon Church. My name is Brandy Gar. I'm Ira's wife. Everyone knows Ira. Few people know me. Um, I am, we've been married for 13 years tomorrow, actually, and I get to be the mom of three beautiful little girls, two of which are squirreling around in the front row. <laughs> My name is Miriam Clark, and Arthur, I would have appreciated a spoiler alert because I too am a crier, so <laughs> thanks. Um, and I am married to Marlo Clark, and um, I have the privilege of raising three children. Um, one is a teenager, so I appreciate all the fervent prayers of my uh, church members, and um, a nine-year-old and a five-year-old. So, uh, good morning, um, Happy Mother's Day. My name is Lucy Higgins, and I'm married to Mike Higgins in the back, and we have two fabulous girls, Charlie and Bailey. Um, I named Charlie after my grandfather because I knew that she would come out bald and demanding, and he kind of raised me, so that kind of helped. And our, other, um, our second daughter, Bailey, Friday was a big day for me as a mom because it was the last day after 13 years of being able to bring her to work with me every day. I'm one of those very, you know, I get to do that with my girls. I serve as a, as a director of curriculum and instruction at the First Academy, which is a Christ-centered um, college prep school, and I also serve as the middle school principal there. So I'm around kids all day, but I love that. So it's been a lot of fun, and I spend a lot of time with moms, but Charlie and Bailey are my girls. Good morning. Happy Mother's Day. My name is Diana Coates, and I'm married to the piano player. So I'm Jeff Coates' wife. I've been married 34 years to my husband, and I have the privilege of being a mom to two fabulous grown kids and they bring a lot of joy into my life and I am the grandmother of uh, one little one here and we have an adopted family up in Georgia that they have two little ones so we have two more coming this fall so grandmotherhood is awesome <laughs> hi I am Jessica and I am Arthur's wife um, and we have been married we just celebrated nine years um, and we have three little ones, um, Arabella is six, Caden is five, and Paisley is three, so life is busy. 
Um, <laughs> the video was hit spot on. I don't have a chance to sit down often and barely have a chance to eat, but it's good. They're such a blessing, um, and it's an honor. So. Hey, man, can y'all give a round of applause for these women? Incredible women. So we're going to start the panel. We're going to start um, with the first question. Um, and whoever wants to answer first can do that. We can, uh, y'all can take turns in doing that if you would like. The first question is, um, why is it important to have alone time with God? And what are some of your practices and, and how do you keep it a priority? Whoever wants to go first. I think it's important to have alone time with God because it, it fills us. Um, when there are so many tasks in the day and not enough hours in the day to do them, um, we need that time alone with God so that we can be refreshed and rejuvenated and get that encouragement that can only come from God. Um, so I think it's very important that we prioritize that time. Um, typically, my time is spent uh, with God when I'm getting ready in the morning. Uh, because that's probably the only few minutes of the day that I have before my children are awake and, Mom, Mom, Mom. Um, so I utilize that time in the morning. Um, I can't even say my car ride to work because my kids are there with me on my car ride to work. So um, I have to utilize those first few minutes in the morning, and it gets my day off to a really good start. Time with Jesus. For me... My personal relationship with Jesus did not happen until my mid-40s. I was saved as a child, as a young teenager, and I knew God, and he was out there, and, and he saved me, but because of my abusive upbringing, men were very unsafe to me. So for me personally, I did not start having a personal relationship with my Jesus until in my 40s. So raising my children without Jesus, without Jesus was very difficult. I would sing and I would do my best to try to point them to Jesus, but I have a lot of angst in my heart that I wish I could take back with my beautiful precious kids but he redeems he redeems and as an, an adult mama my time with Jesus is such more precious than it was back then and as it said someone said all I can do is point them to Jesus now because I don't have the answers I don't have all the answers so my time with him is precious. And for me, because I, he gave me a love of music, it is a lot of singing to him. It's a lot of singing to him in the word. As a mom of littles, um, we are in a season, a busy season. So, <laughs> um, oh my goodness. I need to not look at Lily in the front row. Um, the, I, just being honest, uh, alone time with God is hard. And so you wake up in the morning and the day starts and it goes. And so for me, I do have a blessing of Ira making sure that we don't skip that time in the morning. And so we do it together. But often our kids wake up when they feel like it, which is while we're trying to read and get through our, our devotion in the morning. And they want my attention. And so 
for me, I, I do play an audio Bible. And so a lot of times, well, Ira and I do that together. And a lot of times I think, I honestly have no idea what we read this morning. I'll go through the day and I'm like, well, why did we even do that? It's so frustrating. I have no idea what we read. But so many times God has shown me that's not true. Um, we, I've sat here in church and Pastor Dale will be talking about a story in the Bible or, or a passage. And I immediately think, I heard that. Wait, we read this and now I know the story and I know where he's going with this. And so I would encourage you, especially moms that are in the season that we're in, um, if you don't know that your version app will read to you, if you're doing your hair in the morning, play your passage. There's a, a year in the Bible, and it'll take you through it, and it will read to you. So you can listen in the morning while you're doing your hair, doing your makeup, or on your way to work. Um, but take time. If it's five, min if it's five minutes, if it's ten minutes, know that any time spent with God, he will redeem. So just, just try to set aside anything that you can do. All right, so it's not just Ira's good looks. He's a godly man as well. <laughs> Praise God. All right, got to lighten it up, guys. Come on. All right, uh, second question. Um, what does it mean um, to be a Christian mom or a woman, a Christian woman or a Christian mom in 2017? What does that look like? What does that mean? So I, uh, maybe I'll start this one. Um, so I think we talked about this a little bit yesterday. I think that being a Christian mom probably really means the same thing now that it meant 100 years ago. I think the difference is our world is really very different um, today. And so um, God's guidelines don't change. The Bible is always the same. And so he calls us now to do the same thing that he was calling women to do 100 years ago. But our world is so, so different. And so modeling um, a Christian home and a Christian family to our kids is, is a lot harder today because the world tells them so much differently. Um, I, myself, only, I think probably 10 years ago, hated the word submit. And if you know me, you know why. Um, I don't like that word. I think it's, it's um, derogatory to women. However, I had a great mentor at the time who was walking me through what it looked like to be a Christian wife and mother. And I think what a freeing experience to be able to say, my husband answers to God for our family and I am under his submission because he is under the submission of the Lord. And I just think what an amazing thing. And so being a Christian mom now means trying to teach my girls that, um, that their father is the head of our household and that um, it's really a unique experience and that it is different than what the world tells us and that that's, that's exactly how it should be. So. Um, I'll just speak because I, I have a different perspective on things because I get to see it, you know, not only played out with my kids but everybody else's. Um, I will say that you have to be fierce more so and I think that the devil hasn't come up with any new ways to pull us off guard, Amen. same old stuff. I just think that we're much more easily distracted. And I do believe that there is, it's very interesting that there's something in us, even the atheists, they want eternal life because there's all that plastic surgery. But then we have the social media, so all our eight-year-olds want to be like they're 23. Right. So there's this weird kind of thing going on of growing up too fast or never growing up at all. And so I think the main thing is to just be truly authentic um, 
and call it as you see it. Um, I will tell you that whether the kids have pink, plain cupcakes or fancy cupcakes isn't going to matter at all. Won't matter at all. Um, I think they, we need to remember that we don't have to be perfect parents because if you study history, there isn't anybody who changed anything for good that had good parents or a great family. So I would take, I, I'm like, I don't, you don't want to be. In fact, sometimes if you feel that you're being an obstacle or a challenge to your kids, perhaps maybe that's how it's supposed to be because I cling to Romans 8:28 and always have. And I didn't talk about my private time with Jesus because Jesus lives in my heart and I can't take a step without him. That's good. And so that's just kind of where it is. And so you are battling. And so we moms in the 21st century need to stop whining and they need to stop thinking that their children are not going to be stronger than they are because they are. Our Lord created us and, they created, and he created our kids in our womb. And that he knows exactly what century they're going Amen. to be in. Amen. And so we have to teach them that they can do this. And if they fall down, they were designed to scab up. Okay? And so that's the main yeah, thing. Do Don't be afraid. Let them scab up. What do you say after that? It sounded like she was talking to Pastor Jim. Right? <laughs> Go ahead, Miriam. Oh, no, really? Okay, you're good. Yeah, that's true. That was a mic drop, Lucy. Thank you. Yeah, that was good. I had a, I had a word picture for what she was talking about. And um, it's, someone told me this. I can't remember. It was a picture or, or teaching I saw. is is the submission of a wife underneath her husband. And um, I was raised in a matriarch family where women ruled my husband was raised in a patriarch family where males ruled, so it's been really interesting. <laughs> but I learned that God will rain down on top of this umbrella. My husband is under the umbrella if he stays underneath the authority of God. If I, if I do not stay underneath my husband and step out from under the umbrella, God will reign on me. So I have learned over the years that whether I agree, whether I understand, I have to stay underneath my husband's authority because I don't want to be reigned on by God. That was a word picture. I Amen. Amen. All right, Jesse, you want to read the scripture? Um, Deuteronomy 6, 4, 9, I think this is, Arthur mentioned this um, last Sunday, is Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and, and they, shall be a f they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. So the next question <laughs> is um, how do you set the tone in your home and what does that mean? 
think in the chaos of everything that's happening, it's our responsibilities as mom to, uh, moms to set the calmness in the home. Um, I don't always model that, so I, I'm saying that in, in my mind that I know that that is what's supposed to happen, but sometimes just the fast pace of everything that's happening in the house, we're, we're kind of the wranglers. Um, the ones that are, are there to set the calmness in the home, um, reminding the children that they need to listen to my husband. And, and, and for me, I guess raising a teenage daughter, um, to submit doesn't mean to become a doormat. Uh, it, it means to, <laughs> to fall into... Hallelujah. Right? It means to fall into the line of authority. And I think growing up, a lot of us were, were taught the negative uh, connotation of the word submit. So, you know, with, with all the girls run the world movement and, you know, uh, women empowerment, some of that has been lost. So I, I now as an adult see that being submissive is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, and it, it is meant for us to fall into some line of protection. So I appreciate now being able to submit and say, honey, I'm, I'm gonna listen to whatever God tells you to do. Um, and then that puts that responsibility back on him. So I think creating that order, <laughs> hey now, God said it. Set in the tone. God said Set it. Set in the tone. Jesus, Jesus did it. So, um, you know, it's very important to, to model that, that line of authority. And I think it helps, uh, helps our kids going out in the world. Um, to fall in line with, with that level of authority as well. For me personally, being a woman in 2017, the older I get, the more I realize how little I know. And so it's amazing to me how much I am gleaning and learning from my children. And I think it's really important as women to remember that we don't know everything. I, I constantly remind myself that I have this tiny little pea brain and God's vast knowledge is like, I'm just this little ant and I need to, to just be absorbing and to be open to change. Change is not easy. Change is difficult and hard, but you have to face things in your life, and you have to be open to learning from whomever the Lord puts into your path. You have no idea who that might be. So for me, it would be a woman in 2017 would be to be open to learning and be open to change. Brandy, you had something? Maybe? We set the tone in our house with a lot of dancing. And um, a lot Amen. of worship and fun. So we just want it to be a fun yes. place to be. I want our house to always be the place our girls would rather be than anywhere else. Mm. That's good. Yeah, well, a lot of dancing in our house too. Yeah, we love the worship part. Um, I, I did say last week we worshiped for four hours, and Ira called me out on that. He goes, you worship for four hours? You know what, Ira? I, I meant to say a few hours or a couple hours, not four hours. So I apologize that from last week. We do worship for a while, but not four hours straight. Sometimes we do, I guess. Um, he, did, he, he, he came in the staff meeting and said, four hours? Anyway, um, so uh, here's the next question, and uh, this is going to get just a little more serious. Um, there are women that, are, that came in today that have uh, 
they've lost a child. Um, and Mother's Day is just not a day they look forward to. Um, and, it's, and it's hard for them. Um, what, what are your words to them this morning? I never want to be that person in your life because we, when we've experienced a loss, um, there's people that say, oh, I know how you feel. I mean, I, I think when people are at a loss of things to say, but they want to be supportive, sometimes they say the wrong things. Um, so it's an unfathomable pain that I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine. So what I say to those moms is that, um, in me, you have a friend, someone who will say that prayer for you um, because you, you know the, the joy of the experience of motherhood and then to just think about the opposite, the opposite feeling in that situation. So um, that you're loved and you're, you're cared for and I'll be here to pray for you that you can, you can go beyond that pain and that you can be a ministry to someone else who's experienced that same thing. Um, there are women in this room who have lost little ones before they arrived. I am one of those women. There are women in this room who have lost little ones by a choice they made. And there's still a loss. And to this day, I remember when my little one would have been born. And that's been 20-some years ago. So we're available. We're available if you need support or help or prayer. I think sometimes it feels like you're the only one. And I know that feeling. Um, but I think that's the biggest lie. And I think that's the way that Satan will keep you in your hole um, but that's not what Christ has for you. You're not alone. Um, if you look around, I can almost guarantee that there are, I can, they, I can guarantee there are other women who have gone through what you have gone through to some degree. So um, reach out, I would say, is, is probably the biggest thing. Pain is pain. We all have pain. Um, and um, God is honored and glorified when we are transparent and share that pain with each other. Okay, so um, the next scripture I have is um, John sixteen thirty three. Um, These things I have spoken unto you, that it, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus said that there will be trouble and trials in this world, but he encourages us to be of good cheer. What does that mean? Does that mean that I should be happy every day, even when I'm have a horrible, having a horrible day? <laughs> what does that mean? Be of good cheer. Today stinks. <laughs> yeah? That was, that, was a, that was a Pastor Jim quote. Here we go. <laughs> For me, what brings me out of my, my, um, my mess in my head, which Satan likes to grab all the time, is singing. And the Lord blessed me with a love of music. And so I have been working on retraining my mind and what to think of. And the one thing that saves me and rescues me all the time is his music. And there's so many scriptures in his music. 
And so I sing a lot and in my head or out loud and it is what brings me his joy. Even though what's out here is a mess or chaos or you're hurt or you've been lied to or whatever, if you center on him and you sing him praises, he will give you his joy. Actually, I think the greatest gift the Lord has given us, and I, since we are made in his image specifically, and this is just me, I'm not a theologian, but I know the animals can't laugh, but I'm going to say laughter. I, we tr- that is key in our family. Things are going to be awful. I mean, there are moments when I wake up seven seconds into the day, and I'm like, all the dreams that I had are death. <laughs> so there we go. So where are we going? And so we learn to laugh and laugh at ourselves. And, and it, I'm sorry, but you can laugh about everything. You can laugh if you're miserable, and it is the best healing. But if you can, like I, and I trained my girls too, I said, I'm, if you can learn how to be witty and you can make people laugh, you may be incompetent in your job, but you will be the last one we fire. <laughs> because we need <laughs> laughter, and it is important, and that is our great gift. And I think that's almost how you bring people to Christ, because they want to laugh. Yeah. That's, that, it releases all of our endorphins. It, keeps us, it makes us ready to learn. If we're supposed to learn every day, then that's what we're supposed to do. But, I, but that's it. That's, that's our tone. And my husband and I had a wonderful debate this morning. <laughs> but then we started laughing, and it, that's always like the contest. Like, okay, who's, who can have the snarky comment that it's funny, and then we move on. But I do think that that is it. Now, it's like I said, it, but that's, that's the key, I think, to making it through. And also, if the scripture is true, and I believe that it is, if he's going to give, you know, if I'm going to be able to run and not grow weary, yeah. I'm just going to keep going. Like, I'm not going to question that. So why would I question that? I may not want to go. I may want to, I want to stop. But if I can keep going, then I just will. So laughter. Amen. That's good. All right. That, that was awesome advice to everyone, not just moms. Okay. I love laughter, obviously. So anyway, um, this, this is going to get personal, okay? What is the most embarrassing moment you've had as a mom? <laughs> Brandy, I love the that gar girls are ready. I love that your kids are here. Peachy. I we I don't know why you're clapping because we talked about this last night. I said, do I have an embarrassing moment as a mom? And I think it's funny. I used to be someone who was easily embarrassed before I had kids. That you know, I felt like. I guess I was maybe a little more self-conscious. Now I quite enjoy doing the embarrassing, I would say, which makes my preteen crazy. Um, but I love to dance, and I don't get embarrassed easily, I would say, right? And so, um, so yeah, I do most of the embarrassing on campus, at school. More to come. <laughs> I'll post more on Facebook. Most embarrassing moment, moms. Amen. <laughs> Diana, you have one? <laughs> a better one might come along. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, this is true. 
Well, it's, it's kind of twofold. I remember raising my children when they were little and how they do embarrass you with their temper tantrums and all this stuff and stuff like that. So when they hit the lovely teenage years, I flipped it on them. And I said, now it's my turn to embarrass you. So we would just do all kinds of outrageous things out in public with our teenagers. And so it was awesome. It was awesome. So remember that. When I, I, I know. It's great. So... This is, this is my most embarrassing moment as a mom. This is true, and this is hurting, but it's when out of, out of frustration and lack of Jesus in my heart, I slapped my son in the face. And to me, that was the most embarrassing time of my motherhood because I didn't know how to cope, and I just lashed out. So that's just bearing bearing my heart. Well, I greatly look forward to being able to throw tantrums in yeah. public in front of my teens. I'm yeah. just Amen. <laughs> super exciting. That, that's really exciting. There, there is a viral video out there of parents getting back their kids and they're just throwing toys around. You got to check it out. It's really, I'll post it on Facebook later. All right, so um, let's see here. All right, how important is it to have... Um, a woman mentor in your life. How do you feel about that? Is it important to you? Is it important in general to have a mentor in your life, a woman mentor? I think it's extremely important to have a, a, a woman that has gone through the things that you've gone through just to validate that it's not you, that you're not the biggest failure ever. Um, because I think in those moments where we feel that we're failing, our kids go out and they model all of those good things that we show them. So the things that we think are just, you know, everyone's seeing it, everyone thinks that I'm a failure as a parent, and then they come back, oh my goodness, I love your daughter. My daughter? <laughs> that, me? Oh, okay. So then it, it reminds you that you are doing something right even in those moments where things don't go necessarily the way that you want them to. Um, and I think our failures are really in our heads. Um, and I've, I've learned that actually experiencing people telling me how awesome my kids are. And um, oh. it just reminds me that we, that I should, uh, should give them a little bit more credit sometimes. Um, and then having that mentor that can pray with me and coach me through those moments that are difficult is very important. Um, just like I, I said, and, you know, jokingly a few minutes ago, learning so much from this panel, but I really am. Um, and then even outside of this panel, I've been blessed to be able to come to um, some of the ladies on this stage with some things that have happened that I've, I've needed some prayer through. So it's, it's extremely important. So if you don't have that person that you can trust, that you can uh, tell your deepest secrets to and get some sound godly advice, godly being the key word, um, then you should, you should definitely seek that person out. I had a conversation with a friend of mine um, Thursday evening. We were spending the evening together, just a girlfriend of mine, and um, the word mentor came up. And I had this look on my face. And she's like, what? And I'm like, I don't, like, I, don't, I don't see myself as a mentor. And she goes, well, what do you think a mentor is? And I go, oh, it's some godly woman that has all the answers, and she has scriptures, and she has all this stuff, and her life is together, and blah, 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 blah. And she said, no, Diana, a mentor is someone who just loves. 
She goes, you're a mentor of mine. And I'm like, what? She goes, you just love on me. You just love on me and we just share life. So it took off, it took this, I don't know what the word is. It, it just took off this blinder of mine, of this word that I didn't like. And it taught me that just loving on people and sharing your life with them and pointing them to Jesus is a mentor. That's good. And I believe if we truly have Jesus in our heart, we can all be mentors to someone yeah. out there. Yeah. Amen. Lucy. Well, um, I don't really have any female mentors. I don't, I, my mentors have been people who are bold enough to speak truth into me Amen. and to take the repercussions of that. Because most often when people give you feedback and they want to coach you, it's not always welcomed. Um, but I would say um, I've been very fortunate with that. And I also look towards the past. I would say one of my greatest parenting books that I read was the biography of John Adams. Amen. Because everybody's gone through it. Yeah. And just to kind of see those failures and things. But I was very fortunate. I have, um, I just need somebody who's going to be authentic mm -hmm. and real. Yeah. They don't have to talk like a Christian. They don't have to look like a Christian. They just need to be real and authentic. Um, and those are very hard to find. But I've been fortunate enough, when I really, really needed it, the Lord has brought those people into my life. Wow. Uh, the most closest mentor that I had, her name was Dale Regan, and she was a head of school at Episcopal um, up in Jacksonville. And I had, I've never had a professional mentor as a woman in the Christian education field. And I was blessed because I believe I got to know her for about three months. And then unfortunately she was taken from us in a violent, and I'm sure some of you know what um, occurred at that school. But that's what you get. But I think the key is, is you sh when, you, when they come to you, recognize it and embrace that's it. That's good, yeah. That's really good. Thank you for that. Um, uh, so I have two more, and then uh, the band can come on up now. Um, what, is, what is your cornerstone scripture? What is your life scripture? Um, it's just been your, it's been the cornerstone for you and as a mom, as a parent, as a wife, as a woman. Well, that's the easiest for me. Yeah. Romans eight twenty eight, because yep. it's all things, mm. not some things, not the things I do right, not the things I do wrong, but all things. And it also means when the word all means I don't, I might not get to see it all. That's good. Because there's a lot of other things happening. Um, mine would be Proverbs 22.6, train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Um, that's something that's very real in my life because Ira, I asked him if I could share this, but was not walking with the Lord when I met him or when we were first married, and I was not a Christian at the time. And um, when we had Emma, our first daughter, I had so many questions and so many fears of how to raise her and what to do with her, this tiny little thing that came into our lives. And... Um, it was interesting to me that the more scared I got, um, the more he started to realize I need to go back to what I know. And for the first time, I, I didn't even know a Bible was in our house. And he grabbed the Bible and started 
reading and to the point that my mom started asking, is Ira becoming a pastor? And I was like, I don't think so. I don't know what's happening. But he, he had so much that he was starting to, he wanted to answer my questions. You know, what do we do with her? What are we supposed to teach her? And um, I ask my mother-in-law all the time. I'm so in awe of her because he was so far walking away from the Lord when he was in college. And I said, how did you not just go get him and pull him back and say, no, you're going to live the life that we trained you to live. And she said, he was God's. Like, I had to let him learn for himself. We taught him everything we could, and we um, taught him the way, and we prayed so much while he was gone. And um, so that scripture is really important to me, I think. How, what an amazing testimony of saying train them so that they have the foundation. And so that gives me hope with our girls that Amen. even if one day they may not be walking, they have the foundation that, um, and God will bring them back. That's good. I think the scripture that's, um, that says, for I know the plans I have for you, it, it reminds me because I am a planner. And for those of you who have been to my house and have not judged me, I love you. Uh, but you see my calendar and you see my plan and you, you've seen that, that part of me. Um, and I think just knowing that ultimately God knows the end of all of it um, gives me some solace to know that on those that I can kind of release some of that. And, um, you know, I don't think so much about where the kids are going to be in 2020 and this is what they need to do and I need to plan for this and um, just releasing some of that to God so that we can follow what his plan is because ultimately whether we want to navigate that way or not ultimately we're going to still circle back to what his plan was so I'm <laughs> um, just kind of yielding that that in the beginning has been helpful that's good Mine is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It's been mine for a very long time. It's trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. My understanding of this world was so skewed by what happened to me as a child that I clung to that because all my thoughts were messed up. So trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on my own understanding. Acknowledge him in all I do and he will direct my path. And he, that's his promise. And I cling to it, and it is true. Amen. So this is where we're ending here, just in one word. Um, sum up in one word what it means to be a mom. Just one word. What does it mean? One word. I know it's so hard. Humbling. Humbling. Love. Love. Fierce. Fierce. Mine would be consistency in so many different areas. Cons consistent. consistent. Jess? Mine would be honor. Honor. All right. Well, mine is blessing. <laughs> they are a blessing, aren't they? So can we just give them a big round of applause? Thank you, ladies, so much. Y'all can have a seat. Can we stand up and just show them some love? Thank you so much, ladies. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. All right.